Hi gorgeous, this is episode number 109 and we have the titan of direct marketing, Brian Kurtz, back at Heart Sells Podcast. Hi, this is Brian Kurtz. You're listening to Heart Sells Podcast with Christine Schlonsky. I'm so super excited to have Brian back today because from everything we already learned in the last episode, marketing is not evil. We are going to dive in how to market from your heart. And that's all what hard sales marketing is about, that you can be authentic and true to your values while making a huge impact and serving so many more people than if you would just shy away and would not master the art of sales and marketing. Brian has been a serial direct marketer for over 40 years and he has a huge mission today because he wants to be the bridge between the eternal truth of direct response marketing and all that is considered the state of the art in direct response marketing today. His wonderful book, Over Deliver, has just come out this year. I highly recommend, it's a must read. It comes with amazing, amazing bonuses. So have a look at this. And let's dive into the next episode with Brian Kurtz. Don't forget to subscribe to Heart Sales Podcast and to leave a rating and review. And for all the transcripts, show notes, resources, hop on over to christineschlonsky.com and find the podcast tab. Let's dive in. Hi, Brian. I'm so happy you're back on the show. Welcome to Heart Sales. Oh, I like, I, lo I love this show. It's like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a whole, it, it's, it's very congruent with, with how I market, even though there are people that think I'm a, I'm, I'm just a, you know, a sales guy or a marketing guy. And to know that I can talk about, you know, different aspects of marketing that is not, you know, hard sell and aggressive. I could talk about that, but I don't, I like not talking about that. So it's nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. I think, I think by being authentic, by being you, by showing up as a person that you are, you, you connect on a much deeper level. You can probably like trick somebody once to buy from you, but then when they don't have a good experience and they don't get, you know, that somebody's not over delivering. Right, right, right. <laughs> you will never go back. I mean, the human is not that stupid if they don't need it to live, like, you yes. know, water in the desert, <laughs> then yes. there's no reason to go back. And, and, and establishing these deep connections and relationships, one connection can have like unlimited potential. And I, I want people to see that, that they have gifts and talents and when they start giving it, and we had this conversation a little bit earlier on, right? If they just give to a handful of people or if they can give to hundreds or thousands or even hundred thousands, like what a difference can that make in the world? Right. And, and the fact that you, you, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to fake it. You don't have to act like something else. I, I, I find the, the word authenticity, um, I, I struggle with it because like when, when someone, uh, like especially at a live event and they speak and they come off the stage and someone says, wow, you were so authentic. And I'm like, all right, but you know, you, that, that's a given, you know, if you're, if you're going to be, um, a, a spokesperson or, represent something like why wouldn't you be authentic like why 
you know, it's like, to me, you know, what you see is what you get there. And, and I do see a lot of people who are personality driven. They, they go up on stage and it's, it's not an act, but it's, you know, it's definitely a show and they come off the stage and it's a different person. And I don't, I'm not, I'm not criticizing it. Um, I, I think it's fine. You know, if that's what you want to portray, but to me, you know, the, the authenticity should be built in. And what, what, I, what I noticed, a good example, I remember there was a, a video sales letter, you know, a, a video promotion online for a, um, I don't know, it was an investment product. And it was supposedly like one of the most important and, and, and best selling, uh, it was selling a newsletter in the finance area. And the voiceover was so, it was definitely the guy who was the guy and he was, you know, monotone and he was, you know, um, he just was who he was. And I said to myself, you couldn't have gotten a professional reader of this video sales letter and done better. So he just got there. He was himself. He was, you know, approachable and, you know, it was the supposedly one of the best selling video sales letters ever. And that taught me a good lesson in, you know, you don't necessarily need a spokesperson. And even when you have a spokesperson, like when, when um, a lot of the newsletters in the health field would have a doctor, for example, representing the, the, the newsletter, and then they would sell supplements and sell all sorts of stuff. Most of these guys were not salesmen. They were doctors. And they were very unskilled at selling, and yet they were very successful at it. Why? Because they were just being a doctor, contributing, and and being you know who they were. And that to me is is there's nothing better than that. So yeah. you know, I I don't know how I feel about I know how I feel about authenticity, but I don't know how I feel about you know telling somebody oh you got to be authentic you know because I don't know that it shouldn't come naturally i guess yeah yeah i totally agree and it's so interesting when you when you mentioned that example with the person coming off of stage and the other person saying oh you were so authentic for me that represents that the person saying you were so authentic struggles with showing themselves fully oh that that, that might be true that might right? be true so they yes. were they were admiring the fact that somebody else could just be Yes. Care less what this person thought. They just showed up and were prepared that, you know, maybe they like me, maybe they don't. Of course, yes. we all want to be loved and liked. But, you know, if you twist yourself and you try to be everybody's darling, you're nobody's darling. That's and right. That's we all right. know that. And um, for me, I found, especially, you know, starting in high ticket sales over the phone, I had this perception that I needed to be this professional person. Right. And since I asked for a lot of money in the first phone call, I did not even laugh on the phone for three, four, five, six months. Right. And my colleagues were having fun and they had good conversations. And I thought, like, well, how can you be like this? I mean, this is serious stuff. Right. Right. And, you know, once I allow myself to, you know, to be authentic and to not really care if it was resonating with this person or not, because you don't have any influence on that my life was so much easier. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think, I think letting it go and, and, 
not feeling like you have to be something yeah. that you're not is, you know, it's, I mean, it sounds so simple, but it's, it's really the key. And, and so that's why when we talked about, you know, people who are uncomfortable selling, well, then don't sell, just, you know, just be who you are and, and hopefully the selling. Now, you eventually might have to ask for an order. You might have to ask for somebody to, to send you money, but that's not the first thing you're asking. So, you know, just deliver, you know, deliver of yourself first and then see what happens. And you'll, you'll come up with a way to do it. And look, it's, and, and that's why some people get a spokesperson but that spokesperson has to be representative of you. So, you know, you want that, that, that you want that also, you don't want somebody who's not congruent with you selling for you, you know, that's yeah, important yeah. too. Definitely. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, the selling piece, I totally believe everybody can learn it once they understand that sales is not evil, that marketing is, marketing is not evil. evil yes. Right? They, they can learn it. And I even go where I say that sales is love because if you're not giving your gifts, then, you know, what's the point? Yes. You can, you can support a handful of people and that's great. It's a great contribution, but you would have the potential to reach so many more people by allowing yourself to show up and to get out of your comfort zone to, you know, be a little bit more or grow into a, better version of yourself and that yes. growing piece can be kind of yeah daunting at times yes you don't know what to expect that's that uncertainty piece like what happens if i say that what happens you know if i disagree here or what happens if i don't go to the party that i don't want to go to <laughs> right 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 so i i loved our first conversation and i'm I love all the things you are delivering with your book, like over delivering. Right. <laughs> so, and, and the title, can we talk a little bit and give people maybe another practical step when they want to start to grow their list and they ha let's say they have a, a freebie, but then you have to feed that list. And you mentioned in the other episode that, you know, you have to also have different messages if your list is segmented. But if I'm, you know, a company or an, a solopreneur or coach, my list might not even be segmented, right? I just have a bunch of people on my list and I want to write from my heart. I just want to share what's going on. How can I have a better influence so I can deliver even more by hitting the right points? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, if you don't, if you don't segment and it's a small list and you want to just share, um, I think you have to have consistent communication with the list. Like you can't have, you know, send out something on Wednesday and then wait two weeks and send it out on Saturday. And so I think a consistent messaging is good. Um, I don't, you know, do as I do, as I say, not as I do. But if, if I, I send, you know, very long emails once a week, And I think it works for me, but it might not work for you. And I think a short email once a week is a good place to start, but make sure it's at the same time every week. Because now it take, took a while, but my list is trained to know that at 6 a.m. Eastern time, Sunday morning, I'm in their inbox. So that's a really, really important thing. Um, I also think that um, 
you want to uh, share, um, you know, you want to share really of your experience. And, and so the idea is to tell stories, um, you know, cause I, I don't think I, I don't think I invented anything, but I think that I can, I can deliver on a concept, uh, uh, something that they never heard of. And if I can put a story around it that they can relate to that they haven't heard about it before, and now they're going to get the concept because I gave them that story. That's a big, big thing because when people feel like they learn something and can, can use it, that's even better than just sharing. So I think that you want to think about concepts that are not yours necessarily, but concepts that you want them to understand, but through story. So I think that is a big, a big element as well. Um, as far as if you list gets larger and you want to segment, you know, you certainly want to segment at least by people who have bought from you and people who haven't bought from you. So not to say that they could still get the same messages sometimes, but the ones who bought from you, they're sort of like VIPs now. And then, you know, you want to treat them a little different than the prospects. Not to say you don't love the prospects too, but you, you want to talk to them a little bit differently. Um, you want to try to interest the prospect in something that the buyers have already bought and you have to do that with finesse and you can't do that with one email to everybody. Yeah. Then in addition, and I have this in my book, that the concept of RFM is so important, which is not necessarily a direct marketing rule of thumb, but it's a human behavior rule of thumb, which is recency, frequency, and monetary. And so a more recent buyer, as opposed to a less recent buyer, is worth more to you and you want to treat them differently. A more frequent buyer is worth more, more to you, and someone who spends more money is worth more to you. And if you could put all three of those things and be able to, and, and this can be, like I, I did it with millions and millions of names at Boardroom when I was working at Boardroom, and it was done by a, by a PhD in statistics, and he would you know rank the, the names. So, but always the most recent, frequent, and people who spent the most we're always at the top of what we call the gains chart, which were the basically putting the names in, in priority order that you would mail, and then you would decide at what level you'd stop mailing. Even if you have a list of 100, 200, 300, you could do this sort of RFM selection that can kind of pinpoint someone who, I mean, I, I believe that someone who bought in the last three months for the second time is worth more than someone who bought in the last three months for the first time and might be treated differently. And hopefully you have multiple products that you could sell them. But now we're in a, you know, you've already done all the hard work in terms of all the finessing, all the content where you weren't selling them, they finally bought and then how are you going to treat them? Now mm -hmm. the other, the subtle thing, which I think is really important on the internet, especially is that, RFM has become RFT, and the T is time. So, so not everybody will spend money with you, but people will spend time with you. And the more time they spend with you, the more they're worth to you because they're more interested. And it can you have to watch this because people want to have people who's talk, they want to talk to you because they have no one else to talk to. That's a different thing. 
But if you have people that really want to ask you questions, and, um, and that's why you always ask questions in your email and see what comes back. Sometimes it gets to be a, a bit burdensome, but you learn a lot about your list, what their needs are, what they want. Um, and so recency, frequency, and then time is also important if they're not spending money yet. And all of these things, I mean, you can't do it all, but you really want to start taking a look at your list and saying, who are the people that I, I want to spend more time with and then figure out how to sell them in my own way without being aggressive necessarily, but they're clearly are happy with the contribution that I've made to them. Now I can maybe sell them, but it's not everybody yet. And so that's kind of the, but I think, you know, going back to the original question, I think consistent communication, getting on podcasts, getting on doing articles. So you build the list, but then also when, when you get a new name on your list, have a welcome series, have a welcome series of, you know, a few, a, a, a three or four, um, you know, uh, uh, pieces of content in the first couple of weeks so that, and, and you let them know, I'm going to add you to my welcome series. You can unsubscribe anytime, but here's some, some of my best, uh, best blogs or my best emails. And I want to share them with you because you missed out on them. And then they get into the flow after they get the welcome series. So, you know, that's a couple of ways to kind of finesse the list as people are coming on. But every, you know, every, and, and you can, as, as all of this takes so much time. And you can, you, just like you can build a relationship over time, you can ruin that relationship in a heartbeat by, by giving them an offer that's not congruent. Like if you are doing affiliate deals and you offer them an offer that is just like, why would they offer me that? Why would he offer me that? Why would she offer me that? You could, you know, you could lose. And I have, I've heard of horror stories of people spend years cultivating this list and they make one mistake and, and all of a sudden they get half the people to unsubscribe and you got to be really careful with that. So that was, um, so that I think that that's some of the things on lists and on, on what you can do um, to, to kind of, you know, as we said in the first episode, um, you know, shine the light on the water and have the fish jump in the boat rather than going out there with bait all the time. Yeah. So um, how did you find out what is the best day for you to actually send your email? You know, I, I, I watched a lot of people, what they were doing. I think there's, you know, I, I know some people who mail every day, so, you know, you can't, you can't pick a date that way. But I, I thought Sunday was a good time, um, Sunday morning. And um, I'm not saying it's the best. I think some people say it's Wednesday and some people, you know, there's a lot of different theories. I, I like Sunday early morning, but um, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can um, – I, I can't, I really can't say, I think that, I think that the key is a consistent time every week that you can, you know, that they're expecting it from you. So the expectation and the continuity is very, very important. But I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to commit to a, a date, but I've heard, I've heard Sundays are good. I've heard Saturdays are good. I've heard Wednesdays are good, but I don't want to, I don't want to commit. 
Yeah, I thought you you might have had some strategy, but you just picked and then you keep. Well, I, I watched a lot of people who were emailing and a couple of people who I really admire went Sunday morning and I said, all right, that, that's good enough for me. And now that I've been doing it for years, you know, my, my people are expecting me on Sunday morning. Yeah, for the, you know, for breakfast. <laughs> yes. And some of them make jokes, you know, I love your emails, but it's at least two cups of coffee. You know, they, they make jokes about how long it is, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I, ca I catch myself as well. Like once I start writing, sometimes it, you know, all of a sudden you have quite some words. Yeah. All of a sudden I'm at 2,500 words and I like, I wanted this to be 500 words. And, mm, yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Awesome. So do you remember the very first thing you ever sold in your life? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I'm trying to think if there's something before, you know, I got into the business world, but I don't think that's that relevant or maybe it is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it is. As a, as it a kid, is. like something as... Like simple. lemonade stand thing, but... Um, yeah, your very first memory of actually having a money exchange into your uh, pocket. <laughs> um, God. Uh, I, don't, I don't recall because I wasn't really... I wasn't really a sales guy, even though I was an extrovert. And I, um, so I wasn't like one of those kids that would run around and have the lemonade stand and do all of that kind of stuff. Um, I guess, I, I guess it's, it, it would be, I mean, my paper route and, you know, the idea that they were giving me this money for the paper and then I get to keep some of it. That was probably the first time that I did that. And then <clears throat> when I, um, I umpire baseball, um, and in my early days when I was in high school, I would go to the field and I would do four games for $5 a game. And I remember that $20 was felt really good because it was, you know, I, I love what I did. And maybe that was my entry into, you know, getting paid for something that you love. I mean, mm. that was a good, a good uh, example of that. And then, you know, all the way to the present, you know, when I left boardroom five years ago and I started selling my mastermind groups, you know, every one of my sales was on a one-on-one -on -one phone call with, you know, a video call. And because I wanted to make sure they were right for the group and I wanted to make sure that, you know, even if they wanted in, I wanted to make sure that I wanted them in. And the idea of really vetting people to give me $20,000 or in some cases, you know, $11,500 was also as, as rewarding because it wasn't, it, they were happy to give me the money, but it was after a process and not just, you know, someone and other people do it differently. But some people, even for a high, high price coaching group, they have someone call to make the appointment, I would make the appointments, you know, and then get on the phone. So it was very, very personal. And I felt that, you know, to, to sell somebody on something so expensive deserved my time. And that's me. I mean, you know, and, um, and that, that's been a, a really good way to not ever feel guilty about taking someone's money when I know that I'm over delivering value. 
Definitely. And that's a very important concept. Yeah. And you also want to make sure that the people are a fit, especially when you spend so much time together. Yeah. So I have the concept, especially for one-on-one -on -one coaching, I only work with soulmate clients. So obviously there is a phone call. It is with me. And yes. you know, if I see like one red flag, I, I, I don't take them on board. Yeah, being able to fire clients is, is one of the great, um, I don't want to say I don't, I don't want to fire clients. I don't want to kick yeah, people I don't out really, of my I don't want to be there, right? I, I want to avoid needing to fire a client because I, I learned once I allowed myself you know, to ask for help, to have mentors, to have coaches, one thing I thought over and over again is that when people start out with their business, they take whoever they can get, right? Right. So, and, and sometimes I, it's it's a cash flow thing, you know. Yeah, you've yeah, got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I understand it, but I, I I don't think I could have a business that ran like that. Yeah. So I, I totally got that concept, but then they all said, and then there was a day where they made the decision and they only took these clients on that were amazing. And especially for one-on-one, -on -one, you can decide that because yes. you have that communication. And I thought, you know, why shouldn't I take that concept right away and skip that part? Like, yes. I need to work with you for six months or something because you paid me, right? It's not, right. not that, that much fun. Wonderful. Time just flies. <laughs> talking to you. Thank you. And I just want to make sure we send people over to your book again, which is at www.overdeliverbook.com. Right. And you and have I... a ton of bonuses. I mean, I see that sometimes that people, you know, have a book and they give some bonuses. But when you go through that page, it's full of bonuses. It's amazing. Yes. So I definitely will put that in the show notes for sure. So people, it's just one click away. <laughs> and I love the title and I can't wait to get my hands on it myself. So I'm really, really excited. And I just want to invite people to go to overdeliverbook.com and just get it when it resonates. And I'm quite sure when you see all the bonuses, your chin is going to drop. So <laughs> make sure you hop on over to overdeliverbook.com. And Brian, thank you so, so much for all the value you shared, because I know that especially when people are starting out or maybe they're in their first five years, the list building is so important and yes. having now a concept or they can get, you know, so many golden nuggets, they can just choose whatever they want to do. Like yes. be consistent, show up for your tribe. If you can try to segment as soon as you can. Yes. And then, you know, people that spend money with you or time that have bought recently or that have bought at all, like, you know, pamper them a little bit more. Right. And make right. sure they have this wonderful client experience because you can develop them. Somebody might start out with, you know, a tiny product with a low end product if you have that. And then they will learn and grow so that at some day they are able to buy your mastermind or your one-on-one -on -one coaching or whatever, but you need to help them when they need your help. Right. And it's like, um, I, I guess the, the, the message is I'm here when you need me and, yes. you know, and it's not, I'm here. I want you to, I, you know, I don't have to bribe you. I don't have to, I mean, I want to, I want to 
bribe people to buy my book because I want to give them all that stuff from my mentors. And so there's a genuine uh, uh, reason why I want them to, to buy the book. But I'm, I'm, I'm in, not indifferent, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to get everybody in the boat. But when you're ready, I, I could be here for you. And if you think I could be the person that could help you, by all means. And if not, keep reading my stuff and get what you can out of it. And that's a great way to be so that you're not feeling that you're desperate for cash and you're desperate for new business. And that's a great way to live if you can live that way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so much. I so enjoyed our episodes together. Yeah. Thank you for all the wisdom you, you brought to the audience. Thank you so much. Thanks, Christine. I just have to say, I just loved the conversation with Brian and I hope you loved it too. And you got a lot of great ideas out of it, inspiration and motivation. So hop on over to christineschlonsky.com, find the podcast tab and Brian's episode where you have all the social media links to him with just one click and also a link to his amazing book, Over Deliver, where he totally over delivers. If you hop on over to get that book and go onto his bonus page, it's amazing, guys. So check that out. Make sure you implement, you feel really, really good about your marketing because your marketing is true, it's authentic, it's fun, it is in alignment with your values and it serves your potential clients and clients greatly. So have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. If you have not subscribed to Heart Sales Podcast, please do and also share the love with a couple of your friends. Just tell them, hey, if you want to sell more and you want to be authentic and true to your values, Heart Sales Podcast is the place to go. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day wherever you are in this beautiful world. And I'm saying bye for now.